Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Nirmal Malaikul. Since President Joe Biden took office, Republicans have repeatedly criticized the White House for their energy and climate policies, calling them out of touch and too costly. So how would Republicans do energy and climate differently? On Thursday, House Republicans offered some guideposts. Minority leader Kevin McCarthy unveiled a plan he says will address climate change, energy, and environmental issues if the GOP wins back the House during November's midterm elections. So today, I chat with Politico's Josh Siegel about that plan, what's in it, and what's missing. It's Friday, June 3rd. So House Republicans Thursday formally released kind of the high-level six-part strategy that they say is a response to both surging gasoline prices and need to combat climate change, which they've increasingly recognized over the last few years after not really being involved on that issue at all in previous decades. So what this is, is it's the result of an energy, climate and conservation task force that House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy created about a year ago that he tasked with devising a policy agenda to address climate change. So this product that's come out here on Thursday isn't necessarily a response to surging energy prices, but it's kind of like a convenient turn for them to release it now when they can say, hey, democratic policy ideas kind of go too far and and could worsen the high energy prices if they're opposed to oil and gas development. They've kind of put out six what they're calling policy buckets or pillars. So unlocking America's resources is one of them, beating China and Russia, let America build, build resilient communities, American innovation, and conservation with a purpose. And we'll see how they actually fill out those details with policy. Got it. So this plan has been in the works for a while. And who exactly are Republicans trying to win over here? Yeah, so this, again, has been kind of a multi-year process here. What it is, is partially a response to polling that Republican groups have done that has shown that suburban voters, young Republicans do increasingly care about climate change still not a top tier voting issue. I mean, just for a general audience, but especially among Republicans. So got to be careful in in saying this is entirely political, but that is a big impetus is is they feel like there are some key demographics who want Republicans to have some sort of agenda. And then, of course, you know, Republicans right now do Los Angeles say have a good shot at retaking the House and they want to just be seen as being competitive with Democrats, with the Biden administration and in having something that they can present, some policy agenda that they can implement if they're in the majority. So that explains the timing here ahead of the midterm elections. Got it. So how does their plan compare to what Democrats are trying to do when it comes to energy and climate? The Republican plan, I mean, Democrats would say is pretty bare bones. You know, it has a lot of kind of familiar ideas that Republicans have put out as kind of their safe territory ideas that they support. So that means increasing domestic production and export of all types of energy 
including oil and gas, which, you know, is, is what's driving climate change along with coal. And then, you know, also saying that we want to see more production of wind, solar, development of new technologies, zero carbon technologies like small modular nuclear reactors, hydrogen, carbon capture, and a big barrier they see to really developing clean energy technologies and deploying more clean energy is permitting. So that's a huge focus of theirs, you know, streamlining permitting. Broadly, I mean, those are things that Democrats like too, except for this current moment. We haven't seen Democrats really say that there should be more oil and gas production because, of course, that is fueling climate change. You know, but the biggest thing missing here is, is you know, the Democrats actually have policies that would reduce fossil fuel demand, fossil fuel use, and we're not seeing that from the Republicans. So that's the biggest difference. So no policies to reduce the use of fossil fuels. Are there policies, though, that weren't included in the GOP plan that are notable? So I think this approach that Republicans are putting out here is notable in what it doesn't include. So they're they're not actually setting a specific emissions reduction target, which is really consistent with how Republicans have approached this issue. And no, there's not policies that would actually reduce fossil fuels. So meaning there's there's no call for any regulation, carbon tax, they're opposed to any type of mandate, like a clean electricity standard. And somewhat surprisingly to me, according to Garrett Graves, who is the Republican who really devised the strategy for McCarthy, Graves is the top Republican on the House Climate Committee. He told me that Republicans aren't even necessarily supportive of expanding clean energy tax credits you know, he says the focus should really be on the research side of this and not necessarily deployment because he thinks you're manipulating markets. Now, Republicans, to be fair, will say that, you know, in developing countries like natural gas could play a role on the emission side by placing coal and that, you know, natural gas is, is still in the short term a beneficial tool on emissions. But we know methane from natural gas is still a very big issue and we haven't seen it. Republicans really engage on, on how to manage methane. So no, there is nothing in here that really gets at reducing fossil fuel use. It's really just kind of promoting all sorts of technologies. Also, on Thursday, OPEC Plus announced that members of the oil cartel agreed to a larger-than-expected hike in outputs in July and August. That signals a potential thaw in relations between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia as Biden is considering visiting with leaders of Saudi Arabia and other Middle Eastern countries. For context, Saudi Arabia may have agreed to the increased outputs as an olive branch to Biden ahead of the possible meeting and as a way to ease tensions with the United States that stem from the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. But according to industry analysts, it could also signal that OPEC is worried that high prices are starting to lead to a long-term shift away from oil. And that shift would come as drivers look to switch to electric vehicles, or as high prices cause another downturn in the global economy. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Josh Siegel is the usual host of this podcast. I'm the show's producer. Raghu Manavalan edited the podcast this week. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Nirmal Malaykul, and we'll see you back on Monday. 
Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.